Welcome to Election Talk Countdown, a direct spinoff to Politics Weekly. On this show, we count down the days until the 2018 midterms. Here, we'll talk about the House. Ryan says he will give up his powerful position. U.S. Representative Jim Jordan says he's running for Speaker of the House. Now to a stunning political upset in a working-class congressional district in New York. I think what we've seen is that working-class Americans want a clear champion. The Senate. Joe Arpaio, the controversial former Arizona sheriff who received a pardon from President Donald Trump in August after being convicted of contempt of court, announced Tuesday he was running for U.S. Senate. Everybody has a right to run for office. Her experience didn't win over the California Democratic Party, who voted 65% in favor of liberal De Leon and a mere 7% for Feinstein. The others abstained. I think uh, the vote uh, yesterday was a reflection of, of many Californians who want to change, that believes that the status quo in Washington is, is simply not working for them. And the governorships. In Georgia, Stacey Abrams became the first African-American woman to be nominated for governor by a major party. As a small business owner, as a legislator, as a civic leader, I have the proven experience to get the job done. Former Sex and the City star Cynthia Nixon is considering a run for governor of New York. New York is my home. I've never lived anywhere else. And how it will affect the nation. Will Democrats be back in power this November? Is blue wave inevitable? Find out.
pretty good. So you want to talk about the uh, the upcoming elections? Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna to talk today about the some of the House races, the Senate races, uh, and the uh, and the governors' races. So the House races, I won't go through all of them since they're just way too many to count. But I'll, I'll give you a major a, a main rundown. So the Democrats need. Let me look it up. Let me look up how many they need. Hold on. Yeah. Um, the Democrats need 25 seats to retain uh, a majority in the House of Representatives. Typically, the party uh, in the first year of a midterm, the party tends to gain more than that in terms of uh, seats historically. Uh, for example, in 2000 and in 2010, when Obama was first, this was the first midterm of Obama's presidency, the Republicans gained 63 seats in the House, a whopping 63 seats in the House. And then in the 1994 House races, Republicans gained 54 seats in the House in 1994. So, um, Typically, it tends to be, you know, more the first year than of a of a presidency than just that amount. Um, so uh, historically, that's not on the Republican side. Um, or, or right now, they don't have history on their side when it comes to that. Um, Republicans are also worried that Connor Lamb's upset in that one typically safe uh, red district could uh, lead to the Democrats winning more traditionally safe red districts. Uh, some people think that Andy Barr, Andy Barr should have been in a safe Republican district. Uh, Andy Barr is uh, a representative in Kentucky. He won by a landslide for reelection in 2016. He should be safe. Donald Trump won that district by double digits. It's a really Republican district. This year, he might lose his seat, and that is being listed by a lot of pundits as a toss-up. Um, but to give you the rundown, in order for Democrats to really, really take back the Senate, and it should be noted that Hillary Clinton won a lot of these districts. Um, some districts that, uh, with Republican incumbents, are already being listed as uh, lean or likely Democratic. Um, but to give you the rundown, uh, in order for Democrats to take back the Senate or to take back the House of Representatives, um, they must gain uh, multiple seats in uh, state, big states like New York, my home state, Virginia, uh, Florida. Um, let me go over. Uh, do, 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 uh, Virginia, Florida, Ohio, Illinois, and of course, California. Nancy Pelosi has even said that it's going to be hard for them to get back California, to, or it's going to be hard for them to take back the Senate if they don't win California. So with all this being said now, 
in terms of advantages for the Republicans, there aren't a lot of places they can make gains. There are a couple places in Pennsylvania and Florida that they can make gains. They can also try and make gains. There's one seat in Nevada. Jackie Rosen is retiring from her seat after just one term to run for the United States Senate against incumbent Dean Heller. We'll get to that race soon. Some people think Republicans might have a shot there. There's also, out of the two seats in New Hampshire, one Democratic incumbent is retiring in New Hampshire, and some uh, people think that the, the, Demo- the Republicans might have a chance to pick up that seat. But the main two vulnerable seats for, that Republicans could pick up are in the state of Minnesota. There are two seats that were considered traditionally Democratic, but they were blue dog states. And Trump won them by big margins uh, in 2016, and they're getting pretty good candidates for those seats. And both both of them are, I think there's uh, Rick Nolan, who's retiring. He's a Democrat. He's retiring. And then there's, uh, he's, he's running for lieutenant governor, Rick Nolan. Um, and then uh, Tim Walls, he's running for governor. He's currently the front runner for gov- the governor race. Um now, both of them are Democrats. Both of them are retiring from their seats in Minnesota. Um, Tim Walls uh, only won re-election by 0.8 percentage points in 2016. And Trump won this state by 14% or this district by 14 percentage points in 2016. If you go over to the 8th district, Rick Nolan, who's now retiring and is, uh, has announced he will run for lieutenant governor, along with uh, Attorney General uh, Lori Swanson, who's running for governor this year. He only won re-election to his seat by 0.6 percentage points, and Trump won this district by 15 percentage points. So Republicans have a a real good shot in those two districts, but aside from that, they don't have uh, really good chances. There are even two districts in bright red Kansas, which might be vulnerable, in fact, uh, Montana, they, have one, they only have one House seat in Montana, which, um, which uh, has never gone for a Democrat since the 90s. But some people are thinking since the, uh, the Republican incumbent uh, actually got in trouble for a, an assault uh, scandal, that might lead uh, the Democrat to win that district. So with all of this being said, but the one thing I should point out that the Republicans have on their side also is the fact that Nancy Pelosi is an unpopular speaker, and we have yet to hear anything else about the Democrats replacing her. So with all this being said, what are your thoughts on all this, and what are your thoughts on the House? Do you think What, what do you think will happen in the House this year? Uh, I don't think that – I mean, if, I think if they if – they, let Trump's bill go through, like the immigration bill, I think it'd be so great for the midterm because that's what we need. But if they try to keep blocking him like they're doing, they may lose those vulnerable seats like you're saying. But I don't know that they're going to cooperate because there's still out establishment guys there. And yeah. they, don't, they don't like his, uh, his plans, his, you know, his immigration plans. So I don't know that, that they're going to go along with it. But if they did go along with it, I think that that they'd be fine, but I don't think they're going to go along with it. So I think that you're going to lose some of those vulnerable seats that you were talking about. Yeah. 
So do you think, because a lot of people are saying that um, a lot of the vulnerable seats were districts that were won by Hillary Clinton in 2016. One of the most vulnerable incumbents, Barbara Comstock, is in, uh, she's a Republican in Virginia. She's running again this year. She is in a district Hillary Clinton won by 10 points. Um, So do you think that Donald Trump might hurt some of these incumbents? Um. He might because he Donald, Trump is not like any ordinary uh, politician. They really people who really hate him really hate him. People who love him really love him. So it's it's going to be hard if if that's a Hillary Clinton if if she won that one by how many points you said ten percentage points. Ten, so right. So I don't. I think it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt them because the hate is really really deep. I mean, I've never seen hate like this before towards a candidate it's like really deep so i think it's gonna hurt them yeah so um are there any house races you're really looking at right now or are really interested in Hmm, house races uh i haven't really started to look at it closely enough to to say yes or no so uh so yeah I, i don't i I'll have to reserve my comment for now on that. Okay. And you live in Massachusetts, correct? Unfortunately, yep. <laughs> well, we'll talk about Massachusetts a little later. But you, all, all of your representatives are Democrats. There's no, no nobody in Massachusetts is, re- nobody, there are no Republicans uh, representing Massachusetts in Congress currently. Yeah, but- that's right. I mean, I don't know. I, I this used state to be is Scott Brown, but not anymore. Right. Yeah. So, is there anything else you want to add to this to the conversation about house races? Uh, no, no, no. All right. We, how about we move on now to the Senate? So, it, so right now Republicans are really vulnerable in the House, just with history on their side and whatnot. But the Senate races. Uh, might not be as bad for them. They could be, but um, there are a few places that are pretty vulnerable for them, uh, and we'll talk about those. Um, but uh, first of all, why don't we, we talk about, I'm not going to talk about some of the likely states, but I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Um, uh, some places you might consider you know, vulnerable most of the time, like Virginia, are not considered vulnerable this year because Virginia, there's a controversial candidate that's a uh, Republican candidate running in Virginia uh, named Corey Stewart. He has pro-Confederate views, uh, which really hurt him. Um, so he's really controversial. He is also um, – also, Tim Kaine has good approval ratings, and he is very po- – he's well-known nationwide for being the running mate to Hillary Clinton in 2016. So that – kind of helps Tim Kaine a lot. And then also the Republican, the Virginia Republican Party is kind of in shambles right now. They kind of, they haven't been able to find ways of getting Republicans to do really, really well. Recently, they've lost the past two governor's races. They've lost every, uh, I think the last time they won uh, a governor's or a Senate race in Virginia was in 2002 for the Republicans 
Uh, so that race is being listed as safe Democrat. But let's talk about some of the vulnerable seats for the Republic. Well, first of all, let's talk about the vulnerable seats for Republicans this year first. So um, right now, the three most vulnerable seats for Republicans. Let's start with Arizona. So in Arizona, the incumbent Jeff Flake is uh, is has announced that he will not seek reelection uh, and he's leaving with extremely low approval ratings. Um, so now, uh, Republicans must, uh, fight a crowded field, uh, to determine who will be the next, uh, nominee, uh, this year for the Senate. So currently amongst the nominee, the Republican nominees, currently the top three include Kelly Ward, a former state Senator who attempted to primary uh, John McCain in 2016, but was unsuccessful. Um, now, Kelly Ward is um, Kelly Ward is controversial for her views on uh, uh, chem clouds because uh, she has like conspiracy theories about the government creating chemtrails in the sky and whatnot to poison people. But a lot of people still like her, or a lot of Republicans still like her because they believe that she'd be able to uh, bridge the gap between Trump supporters and libertarians. And she's been endorsed by libertarians like, uh, such as uh, Ron, or not Ron Paul, Rand Paul, and uh, Austin Peterson, a, uh, a candidate for Senate in Missouri. Um, and then there's also Joe Arpaio. If you remember Joe Arpaio, he was the controversial sheriff who was uh, pardoned by Donald Trump last year controversially. He is running to replace Jeff Flake in the United States Senate. Um, uh, And then finally, the person who's considered the front runner is Congresswoman Martha McSally. Uh, So Martha McSally is a former Air Force veteran and a current representative in a blue district She's very popular. She, uh, get, you remember Gabrielle Giffords, the congresswoman who was shot and survived? Yeah. Yeah, she currently holds her seat, which is considered a pretty blue seat because it's in the Tulsa area, and the Tulsa area in Arizona is considered a blue area, but she still holds that seat. And so she's expected to, uh, to win there. Um, or she's expected to win the nomination here on the democratic side it should be noted that uh deidre abud uh an attorney has been uh endorsed by uh she's been endorsed by the justice democrats the justice democrats they're a group of progressive democrats that don't take big corporation money um for example uh they actually helped get alexandria ocasio cortez uh they actually helped her win the nomination um, however, uh, it's looking like uh, Deidre Vood is not going to be the nominee here, uh, as she's way behind in polling and fundraising, and she's never held political office in her life, which doesn't help. Um, but uh, and she lacks name recognition. Instead, it's looking like the nominee for the Democrats will be Congresswoman Kristen Cinema. Uh, Kristen Cinema has been in office since 2013. Um, and she, if elected, 
she well first of all if Deidre Abood was elected the first uh, if she was elected to the Senate uh she would be the first Muslim uh member of Congress in American history history and if Kristen Cinema is elected to the Senate she will be the first bisexual uh senator in or I shouldn't say Deidre Abood would be the first uh Muslim member of Congress she'd be the first Muslim member of the United States Senate and if Kristen Cinema is elected, she'll be the first uh, bisexual member of the United States Senate, or the first openly bisexual uh, member of the United States Senate, I should say. Um, so currently, um, this is considered a red state. However, let me pull up the results from 2016. Er, hold on. Arizona Senate race 2018, or no, Arizona. Hold on, presidential race 20. Let's see. Donald Trump won this state by by only four percentage points, even though this is considered a red state, which has only gone to the Democrats once since the Franklin Roosevelt era, that being in uh, 1996 when Bill Clinton was reelected. Um, Donald Trump only won the state by five percentage points. In fact, he couldn't even uh, get to the 50% uh, threshold. However, it should be noted that Mitt Romney did win the state by nine percentage points in 2012. Um, uh, so... Currently, many people believe that Arizona might be going in a more blue direction. However, they they had the last time they actually had a candidate uh, who the Democrats actually had a candidate who won here was it was uh, thirty years ago in nineteen eighty eight. So, if any, either of these two Democrats win, most likely Cinema will be the nominee. Uh, she will be the uh, the first uh, Democrat elected to the United States Senate uh, in 30 years. Now, Kristen Sinema currently has a big lead in the polls over her opponents. Uh, she's also had spent her opponents in fundraising, uh, and she's gained more momentum. For this reason, Politics Weekly lists this race as leaning Democratic. However, and it's expected that the race will be between Martha McSally and Kristen Cinema. It just isn't official yet. Uh, however, we have yet to see what happens. What are your thoughts on this race? I, just, I think it all really depends on the economy, how it's doing, and uh, and how the, how they're going to handle as far as the uh, the what what is supposed to vote on the uh, immigration bill. I think those things really have a, a key factor in it. If if uh, I think if if the economy keeps doing well and and they vote the way they're supposed to for the immigration bill, which I seriously doubt, I think the Republican might have a small edge because they the Democrats haven't won it in thirty years. So it's like I mean, even though this they say it's leaning blue, I I don't think it will happen. Okay, now Arizona is a place with a big minority population. Do you think that some of Trump's uh, immigration policies might be considered unpopular to some Hispanic voters in the state? Well, I mean, 
this the last last election I thought that you know he actually a lot more Hispanics voted for him than they were expecting so I don't know you know there's 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 a misconception as far as a lot of uh Hispanic goals a lot of them actually want it to be a you know um want the immigration to be legal because they they come over here legal and they don't think it's fair that someone jump in front of them who's illegal so many of them that I've spoken to anyway they don't like the fact that they don't like illegal immigration either so it's like a big misconception that that because you're um Hispanic that you're gonna be against the immigration um the immigration uh, plan is not really that true is there anything else you want to say about this no that's it so uh the next person the next race we're going to talk about is the uh is the Nevada Senate race now this may be the most uh the biggest chance for Democrats to make a gain in the Senate this year uh so currently Dean Heller is the incumbent uh, and he's hoping to run for a second term. However, he has low approval ratings. He's the incumbent Republican, and he has low approval ratings. Now, Dean Heller was appointed to the Senate following by uh, the governor, Brian Sandoval, after the resignation of John uh, Ensign uh, in 2011. He was elected to a full term in 2012 by just a point. It was that narrow. He only won by one percentage point. It was very, very narrow. It should be noted that this is the only state this year uh, in which uh, this is the only state with a Republican incumbent running for re-election in a state that Donald Trump did not win in 2016. Hillary Clinton actually won the state of Nevada, albeit by a narrow two percentage point margin. However, she still won this, and this is the only state this year with a Democrat with a Republican incumbent in a state that Hillary Clinton won in 2016. Um, so um, that plus the fact that he has uh, low approval ratings could hurt Dean Heller. Also, Dean Heller has challenged from Jackie Rosen, a, an up-and-coming member of Congress who's been gaining momentum as a rising star in, uh, for the Democrats in the party and in Congress. Because of all the odds being stacked against Dean Heller, Politics Weekly lists this race as leaning Democratic. What are your thoughts on this race? Why is Dean Heller's um, approval rating so low? Why? Um, well, there's a lot of speculation. The main reason people think is because Donald Trump did not win the state of Nevada, and he currently is not very popular in the state of Nevada. And Dean Heller, at first he was a bit hesitant to get on board with Trump, but he eventually kind of became more of a, of a Trumper and has kind of been you know, getting on board with more of his policies. And a lot of people have criticized him for that. A lot of people also, before Trump came along, a lot of people criticized him for his involvement in the Tea Party movement. And that uh, alienated a lot of moderate voters in a per- in the purple state of Nevada. Okay, so that's, that's probably, so I'm gonna, gonna say it's probably gonna lean towards the Democrats because, because, uh, 
if they if they're pur- more purple than um, red, then I- I'm thinking if he's very that his if he's that unpopular, I don't think that the Republicans are going to win. If they, especially if they don't like Trump in Nevada, so I I think yeah. that that one's going to go with the Democrats. So you think this will be a pickup for the Democrats? I think so. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you want to say about this race? No. All right. Let's move on to the next vulnerable Senate race. So now I should also point out, I'm not going to talk too much about this because this is still being listed as likely Republican. Some people think that Texas could go blue. However, currently, uh, Ted Cruz has been succeeding in all the polls and gaining more momentum. And his approval ratings have been going up. They were down at one point, but they've been going up slowly. Um, so my prediction is, while I do predict that election will be close, I'm still listing it as a likely Republican because I don't see Ted Cruz losing this race. Um, but let's uh, move on to uh, a state uh, which you never expect. Hold on, let me pull it up. Hold on. A state which you never expect to be purple at all. A state which you would think would be safely Republican, totally, 100%. A, a historically deep red state has not gone for a Democrat since the Bill Clinton era. Um, hold on. 2012 election. Hold on. Give me one second. Senate, Tennessee. Okay, so the state I'm talking about, the state which you'd think would be safe Republican, but uh, is now considered vulnerable for the GOP is Tennessee. For the first time in almost 30 years, Tennessee is now being, Politics Weekly is now listing Tennessee as Tilt, not lean, but tilt blue. Tilt means that it's a toss-up, but it's kind of leaning in the favor of the Democrats. Now, let me explain the background of this election. So, currently this seat is being held by Bob Corker, who is retiring from the United States Senate this year, the Republican. Um, so, Bob Corker is leaving the United States Senate Um and he has been, he like Jeff Flake has been, who is also retiring this year, has been co- uh, consistently a big critic of President Trump. Um, so instead, the woman, uh, the woman who is running instead for the seat is Congresswoman Marsha Blackburn, who is uh, more aligned with Trump and is considered more right wing uh, than Bob Corker is. Uh, so she, now there are no other major, uh, Republican candidates running, meaning it's almost guaranteed that she will win the nomination when the primaries are held on August 2nd. I think that's this Tuesday, actually. Let me just double check. Yeah, it's this. Oh no, it's on Thursday. That's weird. They don't typically have primaries on Thursday, but it's almost guaranteed that she will win uh, the nomination. Um, 
there were at so at one point there was uh, Bob Corker was kind of kicking around the can saying he might get back in, but he's not going to get back in. He's confirmed that's not going to happen. And then with the Democrats, there's only one major candidate running, and that's the state's former governor, Phil Bredesen, who is also the former mayor of Nashville. Phil Bredesen, unlike Marsha Blackburn, is considered a more centrist candidate. Uh, he served from 2003 to 2011. Now, let me pull up the, the 2006 election results. Tennessee. Hold on. Tennessee gubernatorial election. He won by nearly four. Bob Corker, when he was real, he was so popular. He actually left office with a 75% approval rating when he left office as governor in 2011. And when he was reelected in 2006, he was so popular that he, and he's a Democrat, he was so popular that he was reelected by nearly 40 percentage points. That was a blowout in a state like Tennessee. And he carried every single county in the state of Tennessee, something barely any Democrat has been able to do. Um, so Bob, so Phil Bredesen is hoping that his popularity as governor might help him, uh, might help him and the Democrats have a pickup in the state of Tennessee this November. Uh, currently, uh, he is actually leading in the polls, and many pundits have been. However, many pundits are still listing this race as lean Republican due to the historic record this has of voting for Republicans. If Bredesen wins, he will be the first uh, Democratic senator in the state since the Al Gore era. Uh, and of course, if Republicans can't win this state, if Marsha Blackburn doesn't win here, this would be a big blow to Republicans as Trump won the state by 26 percentage points in 2016. And Mitt Romney won the state by 20 percentage points in 2012. So if Republicans can't hold that kind of seat, then that's going to be very embarrassing for them. So currently it's very toss-up-y, but I'm listing it as tilt Democratic because Phil Bredesen has been making more money or he's been making more money in terms of fundraising. He's been gaining more grassroots support. He's been gaining more momentum. He's been going up in the polls. He's leading in almost all the polls currently. Uh, he's a popular ex-governor. So for that reason, even though this is a an overwhelmingly red state, I'm listing that Politics Weekly is listing this as tilt Democratic. What are your thoughts on this race? Well, um, I still think Tennessee is a conservative state. So even though, uh, hmm, I I'm going to have to say it's probably. Republicans, not by much. I still think the Republicans are going to hold on to this one. All right. Um, anything else to say on this race? Uh, no. All right. So why don't we go on? Those were just about all of the uh, seats that um, that are vulnerable for Demo for Republicans this year. So to put this in perspective, um, the uh, 
the Democrats need just two seats to gain back uh, control of the United States Senate. However, uh, currently, now if they gain those three seats, they'd have control of the United States Senate, but they'd need to hold on to all their other seats. And right now, they're having a big problem holding on to a lot of their seats because Donald Trump won a lot of these states in 2016. So let's talk about some of the most vulnerable seats for Democrats this year. Uh, Let's start with the state of, uh, why don't we start with the state of North Dakota. So North Dakota is considered a safe Republican state, but currently there is a Democratic senator there, Heidi Heitkamp. Um, Now, Donald Trump won the state in 2016 by 36 percentage points, a ginormous margin. Mitt Romney won the state by 20 percentage points in 2012. Right now, the state, uh, this makes Heidi Heitkamp, who is running for re-election in the state, extremely vulnerable. To make matters worse, popular congressman Kevin Kramer is now the Republican nominee to run against her. He has a big, he has a good relationship with Trump. Trump actually partially convinced him to run for governor, uh, to run for Senate. So they have a good relationship. And Kevin Kramer is considered very popular here. Many people consider this seat the most vulnerable for Democrats and the best chance Republicans have of gaining a pickup throughout the country this year. So what are your thoughts on all this? Do you think that, and now it should be pointed out that Heidi Heitkamp was first elected to the Senate in 2012, and she won by, uh, by just a point, just a point. Currently, Politics Weekly lists this seat as Lean Republican. What are your thoughts on this contentious race? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. It's definitely going to be leaning towards Republicans, especially because Trump won this state by a lot, 36 points, I think you said there. Yes. And um, the Democrats, she won by only one point. And, and you're saying that um, the Republicans who's going to be running against her is very popular and has a good relationship with Trump. So... I, I definitely they're, friends. they're personal friends. Oh yeah, definitely. I definitely would lean say it's leaning a lot towards the Republicans for that one. Yeah. So is there anything else you want to say about this race? No. All right. Why don't we continue on to Montana? So Montana currently John Tester is up for re- Hold on. Can I continue? Can we do a part two of this tomorrow? Yep, that's fine. Okay. Bye. Bye. So you want to continue? Yeah, I'm ready to continue. Okay. So let's talk about the Montana Senate race this year, which could be end up being hotly contested. So um, or this is considered one of the most highly contested states of the 2016 uh election year. So Donald Trump won the state of Montana by 20 percentage points in 2016, while Mitt Romney carried it by 
by 14 percentage points in, 20, in 2012. So for this reason, many people consider uh, Montana to be a uh, a red state, or some people consider Montana to be a uh, a red state, and some people consider John Tester, the incumbent who is running this year, a Democrat, to be vulnerable for this reason. However, uh, Republicans have been uh, trying to uh, link John Tester to uh, the most liberal wing of the party, which includes the Demo- which includes Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, even though Tester himself has tried to label himself as a moderate. Republicans have also criticized John Tester for not voting to confirm Neil Gorsuch and also for voting against the tax cuts, as every Democrat in the Senate did. Uh, in 2012, uh, uh, John Tester was elect was reelected to the Senate by only four percentage points, and for this reason, many people think he might be vulnerable. However, currently, John Tester has decent approval ratings from Montanans. Another thing uh, that might uh, be bad for Republicans is the fact that Ryan Zink. The congressman there, who many people thought would run this year, uh, is now off the table. He's not going to run because Trump chose him to be Secretary of the Interior. The person who replaced Ryan Zinn... Now, I should point out that there is only one uh, House seat uh, in Montana because of how small a state it is. The person who replaced Zink in that one seat uh, was Greg Gianforte, the 2016 Republican nominee for governor of Montana, who ended up losing to incumbent Steve Bullock. How, uh, Gianforte has been won a special election. However, he has been in for less than one term. However, he's been in for less than a term, and he already has his own problems uh, this year and might be vulnerable. His seat might be vulnerable this year, which has led many Republicans to. Uh, which pretty much eliminated the idea of him running for the seat. Ryan Zink. So Ryan Zink and Greg Gianforte are off the table. Instead, the nominee will be the state auditor, Matt Rosendale. However, Matt Rosendale has problems of his own. Many people, including Republicans in his own party, have, uh, have criticized Matt Rosendale. Because he moved from Maryland to Montana uh, only a decade ago. This has led many people to believe that he might be a political opportunist. Also, Matt Rosendale has been criticized for only for announcing his candidacy for the Senate only less only a year after being uh, or only uh, a year after taking office as Montana's state auditor. He also has many other scandals in his closet, which has made Matt Ro- and he also lacks name recognition as well, which has led people to believe that Matt Rosendale uh, might not be the best choice for this one Senate seat. However, Trump has endorsed Rosendale heavily and is very popular in the state. However, due to John Tester's good approval ratings, and the fact that Rosendale lacks as a candidate, Politics Weekly 
lists this race as leaning Democratic. What are your thoughts on this race? Yeah, I think it might be also leaning Democrat, but I still, not that much, I would say. It could still be tilted back towards the Republicans, but uh, because the Democrat, his ratings is pretty high, and the, the candidate the Republicans have running, they're not that popular, even though Trump endorsed him and he has his problems. So I think I'll have to uh, go with you on that one and say that the Democrat is slightly leaning. Now, you said originally that you thought that Tennessee would go to was would go to the Republicans. Do you think that Tennessee is leaning Republican, likely Republican or tilt, uh, tilt Republican or safe Republican? I, I think it's leaning Republican. All right. I'll, I'll say that that's leaning. Um, and then do you think that you also said that you thought that uh, North Dakota was uh, – uh, you thought North Dakota could be in play. Do you think that North Dakota is leaning or tilted Republican? Hmm, I would say tilted. Or, or, or likely or safe. I, I think it's, it's tilted towards the Republicans. Okay. And then would you say Nevada, you said that Arizona you thought would go to the Republicans. Do you think that that's leaning, tilted, likely? I think that's, or, I think that's safe. Do you think that's safe for the Republicans? Yeah. And you said for Nevada, you said that you thought that the Nevada Senate race would the Democrats were favored. Do you think you'd say that was? Uh, I would. I would say it's it's. Uh, I would say it's favored because the 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 Nevada doesn't really like Trump, so I don't think. So I think it likely or leaning or what? I think likely. Okay, so you have likely there. All right. So, and, um, okay, so let's continue on. So, um, the next Senate seat, which is considered vulnerable, is in the state of Florida. So, in the state of Florida, uh, currently, um, Bill Nelson is running for another term as Senate. Bill Nelson is the incumbent Democrat. Now, this state is not a big Trump state. Uh, it should be noted, hold on, let me pull up the numbers, Florida 2016, Donald Trump won this state in 2016, but only by two percentage points. In 2012, Barack Obama defeated Mitt Romney here, winning the state by just one percentage point. Truly, this is infamously... Uh, one of the biggest key swing states, especially if you look at the results of the 2000 election. Uh, however, this year, uh, Bill Nelson, in spite of his seat not being as, uh, in spite of his seat not being as, his state being not as big, big into Trump. I mean, they voted for Trump, but not by a big margin. They still, uh, the current, uh, Governor Bill Nelson, uh, or sorry, the current Senator Bill Nelson may be in trouble in spite of all this because currently he uh, is running against Rick Scott, who has good approval ratings as governor. Now, Rick Scott is currently the governor of Florida, but he cannot run for a third term this year. So he's decided to run for the Senate instead, and he has good approval ratings as governor. 
uh, it um, currently Rick Scott is narrowly leading Bill Nelson in the majority of uh, opinion polls. However, it should be noted that Bill Nelson in 2012, let me pull up. Hold on. In 2012, Bill Nelson won by third was reelected to a third term by 13 percentage points, whereas in 2014, when Rick Scott was reelected to his second term as governor of the state of Florida, he was re- he was reelected by just a point. This might hurt Scott. However, the opinion polls uh, and the fact that he is a popular two-term governor uh, has led me has led Politics Weekly to list this race as tilted Republican. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one, too, because uh, he's doing really popular and he's really popular. And usually when someone is popular and they they run, they usually win. So I'm, I'm thinking that they're going to win. It's leaning towards Republicans. All right. Um, anything else you want to say about this race? No. And would you say that's leaning or tilted? I would say it's leaning. Okay. Uh, so let's go on to another race in a key state that Donald Trump won in 2016. And also, I should also point out the reason I'm not pointing out Ohio, I've listed Ohio as likely Democratic because uh, Ohio, there's a really weak Republican running. Even though he is a member of Congress, he's a weak Republican and he got into the race very late in the game. But anyway, so let's continue forward. So the next state is a very, uh, let's actually go to West Virginia next. So West Virginia is a state that uh, in 2016 went to Donald Trump by uh, 20 by 42 percentage points. Currently, Donald Trump has his highest approval numbers out of the state of West Virginia, mainly due to his uh, his rhetoric on coal mining. Now, let me pull up the presidential election in West Virginia real quick in 2012. So, Mitt Romney won the state of West Virginia by 26 or 27 percentage points, while Donald Trump won the state by 42 percentage points. The once the state that was once considered safe blue is now safely in the Republican column, which has led many Republicans to become hopeful that. Uh, that the Republican nominee, attorney, State Attorney General Patrick Morrissey, might be able to unseat the incumbent Senator Joe Manchin. Morrissey uh, was consi- um, is considered a strong candidate by most. Too far to the right. Uh, um, and, is, and has more of a esque appeal. This has led... This led Rand Paul to endorse him. Uh, Morrissey uh, won his primary in a crowded field, defeating uh, Evan Jenkins, 
and controversial coal miner Don Blankenship. Don Blankenship, many, many Republicans feared that if Don Blankenship won the nomination, that could hurt uh, their chances of winning that seat. As Don Blankenship is a convicted criminal who many blame for the deaths of 11 people. And also, he was considered very much like Roy Moore in terms of rhetoric, uh, in terms of how far to the right he was. However, Morrissey, is con- who is considered the strongest of the three, ended up getting the nomination. This is good news for Republicans, uh, especially since this is a state where Trump is extremely popular. Morrissey has embraced Trump and, is, and has completely embraced West Virginia values and ads, which he hopes will push him to victory. However, Joe Manchin uh, won. However, Joe Manchin is uh, considered a very uh, po- uh, a popular incumbent. Joe Manchin is considered a popular incumbent here and has more name recognition than Morrissey has as he has been in politics for, uh, for over 30 years in West Virginia. Therefore, he is more well-known in West Virginia as a former state representative, a former secretary of state of West Virginia, a former governor, and currently a senator. It should be noted that in 2012, Joe Manchin, hold on, let me pull up the numbers, In 2012, Joe Manchin was reelected with a uh, by a whopping 24 points. This Manchin hopes this will help him uh, defeat uh, Morrissey. However, it should also be noted that he was that Joe Manchin would never help office and fundraising. However, some Republicans uh, are still hopeful that uh, they can unseat Manchin. However, the polls show that Manchin is currently leading. Some polls even show that Manchin is leading by up to nine percentage points in some polls, while others show narrow results. How, although it should be noted that the polls also show that Manchin in the race. Uh, and the fact that he is currently leading in the polls and the fact that he is uh, that he won by 24 points to a full term in 2012 politics weekly is currently listing this race as leaning democratic what are your thoughts on this race yeah um i i think that it might be leaning Democratic, but I think it could also be an upset. So I'm not sure. I'm going to say a toss-up. Would you say it's, Would you say the Democrat is slightly favored here? I would, yeah, but I think I, that there's still room for it might be an upset. So, but okay, I'll, I'll, I'll put it down as tilt Democratic, which means it's a toss-up, but you think as of this moment the Democrat is favored. Yeah. So let's continue forward. Uh, to the next Senate race. Um, the next Senate race is in Indiana. So Indiana is a state that 
Hold on, let me pull up the results. Indiana is a state that Donald Trump won in 2016 by 19 percentage points. Another state where Donald Trump won by a big margin with a Democrat who is up for re-election. However, it, uh, it should also be noted that Mitt Romney won the state by 9 percentage points in 2012. This makes... Uh, um, it should also be noted that Indiana is also the state where current Vice President Mike Pence was governor. Uh, but de- but currently, one of their senators, uh, Joe, uh, Joe Donnelly, who is a Democrat, is actually up for re-election. And the fact that Donald Trump won the state by a big margin, and the fact that Mike Pence was governor here, which, uh, which uh, could help the Republican running, since Mike Pence is going to campaign for him on the campaign trail, uh, is now in a tough battle for re-election. And some people think that this race could be one of the hardest races uh, for Democrats to hold on to, or this could be one of the hardest seats for Democrats to hold on to. And it is a virtual toss-up. So during the primaries, it was a very, very, very hotly contested uh, primary, uh, and there was a there was a big race of uh, there was a um, a big number of Republicans running. Uh, specifically, the two biggest, the three biggest Republicans running were Mike Braun, a businessman and former state representative. However, even though he was doing okay in the polls, most people expected Braun not to do very well since Braun was only is virtually a political outsider. There were two different congressmen who were running that were considered the front runners, and at the time it was considered uh, weak for Republicans to pick either of them. Those two congressmen being Luke Messer and Todd Rokita. Luke Messer uh, tried to have a conservative message but was criticized uh, for not uh, for not supporting Donald for flip flopping on his support of Donald Trump during the 2016 election. He said he wasn't a fan of Trump. However, he later embraced him after the election. Todd Rokita. Oh, also, it should be noted that Luke Messer was uh, criticized as many people had claimed they had heard him say that he was moving to Washington D.C. and was no longer a Hoosier. Todd Rokita criticized Luke Messer for this and also criticized him for his lack of support for Donald Trump. Uh, Rokita, who originally tried to run for governor after Mike Pence withdrew from the race to run for vice president alongside Donald Trump, has prided himself on being somebody who endorsed Donald Trump from the beginning and and hoped that that would uh, help him win the primary. However... Uh, Todd Rokita was criticized for being too far right, similar to somebody like Roy Moore or the nominee from six years ago who we'll talk about in a minute. So, um, uh, Mike Braun, so it was assumed that Rokita or Messer would be the, 
would be the nominee since they were the two major candidates running, which would have hurt the Republicans because uh, many Republicans were fearing that too much party infighting might hurt the, their chances of winning back that seat. However, Mike Braun, the virtual outsider, who uh, is not as far right as the two candidates, uh, um, put out ads, put out several ads with cardboard cutouts of Messer and Rokita and tried to say that they were uh, interchangeable and were essentially the same candidate and advertised himself as a different type of choice. Messer and Rokita fired back at Braun trying to say that Braun, uh, trying to criticize his record of being a Democrat before 2012 when he switched party affiliations to become a Republican to run for state house for the state house of representatives however that didn't seem to work as braun the virtual outsider who only spent three years uh as a state lawmaker um and who is uh and who had basically no name recognition ended up winning the nomination in a ginormous upset so now mike braun will be the nominee for the United States Senate this year. Whereas, and he will once again face Joe Donnelly. Mike Braun may suffer, however, from a lack of name recognition, as that might help Joe Donnelly get reelected. In 2012, Joe Donnelly was elected to the first time by six percentage points. The reason for this is because his opponent, Richard Mordock, was considered too far to the right. You see, six years ago, Richard Mordock, the state treasurer, defeated uh, incumbent Senate Republican se- uh, Senator Richard Luger in a primary. Richard Luger was considered a moderate Republican who supported gun control and was pro-choice. I, be- I believe he was pro-choice, but I know he was pro-gun control. Richard Mordock defeated him in a landslide. Uh, defeated him in the primaries by a landslide. Was criticized for being too far to the right, and was also criticized during a debate for saying that if a uh, that if a woman was impregnated through rape, it was a gift from it was quote a gift from God. This hurt him extremely and led to Joe Donnelly winning. However, Joe Donnelly fear, fears he may be in trouble as he is losing in almost all the polls to Mike Braun. Like I said, Mike Braun may suffer from name recognition, but Joe Don and Joe Donnelly does have uh, all right approval ratings, not through the, not great approval ratings, but still decent approval ratings, um, which might help Joe Donnelly get reelected. However, Mike Braun is considered um, is considered a good Republican incumbent, or Mike Braun is considered a strong candidate as he is a political outsider. Also, the fact that he's a businessman means that he can raise a lot of money. Indiana is very well known for being a Republican state, and um, and the endorsement of Donald Trump and the endorsement of Mike Pence will definitely give Mike Braun a boost. Currently, the state is very much in toss-up territory, but because of the advantages that Mike Braun has in terms of demographics, 
Politics Weekly is listing this race as tilted Republican. What are your thoughts on this highly contested race? Yeah, I'm going to have to say it's definitely tilted Republican as well because uh, he has a, he don't have the name recognition, but he do have the endorsement of the president and the vice president. So I think that that will help him tremendously. So I think it's definitely leading Republican. Yeah. Um, anything else you have to say about this uh, race? No. All right. So let's move on to, well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about one more highly contested Senate race. Um, uh, so currently, um, the next hotly contested Senate race is in the state of Missouri. Currently, Claire McCaskill is running for re-election. Claire McCaskill is a Democrat in the state of Missouri. Hold on, let me pull up the uh, election results. Donald Trump. Donald Trump won the state of Missouri by 18 percentage points in 2016. And Claire McCaskill has consistently shown up as one of the most unpopular senators in the country. She's in the top 10 most unpopular senators in the country. Uh, this, you would think because of this, the Republicans would have a ripe opportunity to take this seat back, and it would be easy pickings for the Republicans. However, you best hold on because there are some factors which might affect Republicans in this race. First of all, in 2012, Claire, uh, Claire McCaskill, well, first of all, Claire McCaskill was considered lucky the last two times she got elected. In, 2006, in 2006, when she was first elected to the Senate, it was a wave year for Democrats, which led her to narrowly beat the incumbent, Jim Talent. In 2012, Todd Aiken, uh, a, con- a Republican congressman, challenged her. Oh, also, I should point out that Mitt Romney won the state by nine percentage points. But anyways, as I was saying, Todd Aiken in 2012 challenged Claire McCaskill for this seat. Hold on, let me pull up the results. Todd Aiken then was considered one of the... Uh, was uh, was considered a Republican who had one of the best chance. This was the seat was considered one of the best chances for Republicans to pick up in the year 2012, as Todd Aiken was leading Claire McCaskill in all the polls. However, Todd Aiken had a horrible, horrible, horrible gaffe, which absolutely destroyed his campaign. In 2012, Todd Aiken made a quote on Fox News, asked about uh, abortion, when it, or rape when it came to abortion. Todd Aiken said that he personally believes that the female body had the ability to shut down rape and shut down, essentially, or essentially shut down rape. This comment didn't make a lot of sense to people, but a lot of people accused him of being misogynistic as the, uh, and demeaning to victims of rape. However, when Todd Aiken was asked again, he doubled down on it. This absolute, uh, Republicans from Todd Aiken's own party demonized him for uh, his extremely controversial remarks. 
Mitt Romney even asked that he not be invited to the 2012 presidential convention, which Claire McCaskill used to her advantage. Because you, you see, this was in the same year that Mitt Romney was running for president. In the final election, Claire McCaskill beat Todd Aiken by 15 percentage points in a state that Republicans were easily expected to win. Because of this, many Republicans think that they have a chance to win back the seat in 2016 or in 2018. So let's look at the two Republican candidates that are running. First, well, there are many Republican candidates that are running, but let's look at the top two. First, there's Austin Peterson. Austin Peterson is a businessman who came in second for the Libertarian nomination in 2016 behind Gary Johnson. This is the presidential nomination behind Gary Johnson. Uh, Austin Peterson uh, is considered uh, is currently beating McCaskill in one poll by 15 percentage points. However, uh, and, and he's also considered a big gun rights activist. So much so, in fact, that he said that he wants to decriminalize machine guns, thus overriding the Brady Bill, and has also said, uh, and has also been banned from both Facebook and Twitter at certain points for raffling off uh, quote-unquote ghost guns, or he, quote-unquote ghost guns. Peterson also has the biggest number of uh, Bitcoin donations of any candidate in of any Senate candidate in history. However, Peterson is ultimately considered the underdog in this race. Currently, the uh, uh, Republic the Republican Party has endorsed Attorney Ge- State Attorney General Josh Hawley for the nomination, uh, and in fact. On top of them endorsing uh, him, both Mike Pence and Donald Trump have also endorsed Hawley for the nomination. Hawley is considered more of a mainstream Republican, but he has many problems. He never held political office until 2017 when he was first elected attorney general. Only a few months after taking office as attorney general, Hawley announced that he would be running for the Senate. Many people called Hawley a hypocrite for this, as Hawley, during the campaign, said that he, uh, as Hawley, during his campaign for attorney general, criticized uh, politicians uh, who used their political office to run for other political office, uh, or run for bigger political offices, rather than running for their one political office. Rather than, or just rather than serving the one political job that they were elected to do, he compared them to ladder climbers, people who climb from one position to another. Many people have called Hawley a hypocrite for this, as he, uh, as he used his his position as attorney general to simply run for senate rather than running for, uh, rather than serving the people as Missouri's attorney general. Hawley also came under fire for his lack uh, of investigation of Eric Greitens or his inaction during the scandal with Eric Greitens, which many people believed he as attorney general should investigate. However, Hawley is still on track to be 
uh, the nominee. Peterson has criticized the national Repu- the RNC for uh, and the Missouri Republican for funding Hawley's campaign before he even won the nomination, which is considered something highly unethical. Although Peterson is leading McCaskill by a big margin, Hawley, the expected nominee, is in a dead tie, losing narrowly in most of the polls to McCaskill. Even though McCas- even though Trump won the state by a big margin, and uh, and Claire McCaskill has bad approval ratings, uh, we must not forget that McCaskill still got lucky twice before in 2006 and 2012. This has led uh, this leads speculation that McCaskill could end up getting lucky for a third time which might lead to her getting another six-year term. Again, this state is very much in toss-up territory. However, Politics Weekly currently rates this race as, as tilt Democratic due to the, uh, due to the uh, fact that Hawley, who, might, who is likely to become the nominee, has a poor approval rating, or not, doesn't have a poor approval rating, but is considered a poor candidate with skeletons in his closet. Um, I was actually at uh, Austin, Austin Peterson, the underdog Republican. I was actually at his campaign headquarters a little while ago, about two weeks ago. But with all that being said, what are your thoughts on all this? Uh, and do you, th- and what, what are your thoughts on this race? Well, I was at first, I was going to say tilting towards Republican, but He's, he doesn't sound like he's that great of a candidate, but I still want to tilt it towards the Republican only because Trump won that state so largely. So uh, I'm going to say it's a toss-up, but it's leaning towards Republicans. So you're going to say tilt Republican? Yeah. All right. All right, so... Um... So those are all the elections, but I should point out before we move on to the governor's races, let me point out some of uh, these states. Some people might, I haven't really talked about, which I've listed as either likely Republican or likely Democratic, which could become competitive, but in my opinion are unlikely to become competitive. In the state of Texas, this election has gotten actually national attention as Congressman Beto O'Rourke is hoping to unseat uh, Ted Cruz. Donald Trump won the state by nine percentage points, which is decent, but it was considered an underperformance in a state that should have easily went to him. Many people think that this might be a sign that in that uh, that Texas could eventually become a blue or purple state rather than a safe Republican state. And many Democrats are hoping that the state of Texas could push them to eventually win uh uh, or Texas, they could actually have a chance to win in Texas with Beto O'Rourke as the nominee. How uh, Beto O'Rourke has also uh, fund uh, gotten a lot of money for fundraising. However, in spite of this, Ted Cruz has the very popular incumbent governor Greg Abbott campaigning for him, and his approval ratings have been going up since he uh, went back to the Senate after the 2016 election. He also has more name recognition. Uh, nationwide as he was the runner-up in the Republican primary in 2016. 
because of this, I'm currently uh, also uh, Ted Cruz is winning by double digits in almost all the polls. And although Trump underperformed in the state, he still won by a significant margin. And Texas isn't expected to go blue or purple for at least another 10 years. Because of this, I am giving this state to I'm going to rate this state as likely Republican. Do you have any objections to that? No, I think that that is it's likely Republicans. And I think that Trump didn't win by by a larger amount is because I feel that Texas was was probably upset about the, the, the way how things went with him and Ted Cruz. And so that's why I think more the Texans didn't vote for him. All right. So another state which is considered likely uh, uh, likely uh, hold on another state that is considered light uh, or one state where there are two uh, Senate races this year uh, are in and uh, are in Mississippi and one in uh, one of the seats uh, there is a candidate named uh, Roger Wicker. He's the incumbent Republican. And now that C is considered safe red due to the fact that um, due to the fact that Roger Wicker is a popular incumbent and that is a red state. However, let me pull up. Let me pull up. However, the other race there is a special election. You see, Thad Cochran the senator there was not expected to be up for re-election until 2020. However, he resigned due to declining health. Governor Phil Bryant appointed uh, Missouri Commissioner of Agriculture Cindy Hyde-Smith to that seat instead, and she will have to participate in a special election this November. However, she is being uh, primaried by Chris McDaniel, a state senator who came close to uh, to beating incumbent, uh, who uh, came close to beating incumbent Thad Cochran in the primaries in 2014 when he was reelected to another six-year term. Phil Bryant has criticized Chris McDaniel because McDaniel was originally running for the other Senate seat, with uh, where Roger Wicker is the incumbent. However, he switched Senate seats later on, which Phil Bryant has, has, um, has condemned Chris McDaniel for. It should be noted uh, that, um, what's his name, uh, Mike Espy, uh, a former congressman and former uh, United States Secretary of Agriculture under Bill Clinton, is actually the frontrunner for the Democratic nomination. Um, because he is a high-profile candidate, and because of the fact that uh, that Alabama went blue, many Democrats believe that uh, Mississippi could go uh, Democratic. It should also be noted that while that Trump has mediocre approval ratings in the state, despite it being... Uh, a traditionally Republican state. In twenty, let me pull up the twenty sixteen margin for a second. 
Trump won the state in 2016 by 17 percentage points. Mitt Romney won the state by... Mitt Romney won the state by 12 percentage points. Uh, However, Trump's only mediocre approval ratings could hurt the Republican candidate, whether it be McDaniel or Cindy Hyde-Smith, in this state. However, Mike Espy is considered too far to the left to actually win. And it should be noted that unlike in Alabama, none of the candidates are none of the Republican candidates are anywhere as near as uh, unpopular or as controversial as Roy Moore was. Because of this, Politics Weekly lists this race as likely Republican. Do you have any objections to this? No, I, I agree with you on that. So let me throw it in. And then the next, I think those are, that might be all, yeah, those are the only two likely Republican seats, but there are some likely Democrat seats. So the likely Democratic seat, so let's talk about another special election. So as you know, incumbent Minnesota Senator and former SNL star Al Franken resigned over sexual assault allegations um, this earlier this year. Tina Smith, the lieutenant governor of the state, was appointed by governor. Let me look up what the governor's name is. Minnesota Governor Mark Dayton. Mark Dayton appointed Tina Smith to that seat after Franken's resignation. However, this year, um, some uh, some uh, Republicans hope that they can win back the seat. Hillary Clinton won the state in 2016, but by only two percentage points, which has lead, which has led Republicans to think they might have a chance here. However, Tina Smith is a, was a popular lieutenant governor and currently has decent approval ratings as senator, even though she hasn't been in that long. And it should also um, also the Republicans don't have very good candidates running. Currently, Karen Housley uh, is the in, is the uh, incumbent, but or she's the front runner for the Republican side. But she's only a state senator. Uh, this seat uh, could go either way, but currently it's looking as though uh, the it's current it's looking as though Democrats do have an adva- have a big big advantage here. Which is why I'm listing it as likely Democratic. Do you have any objections to that? Hello? No, no objections. Okay. So, um, so then the next state I was going to talk about is the state of Ohio. Uh, so, Ohio, currently, um, Sherrod Brown, you'd think he'd be vulnerable since Trump won the state by eight percentage points. But Sherrod Brown is leading in all the polls by a big margin, and he's running against a weak Republican. For this reason, I've listed it as likely uh, Democratic. Do you have any objections? No, I agree with you. Okay, and then in Michigan, in Michigan, uh, Republicans thought they might have a chance. What with, um, well, first of all, it should be noted that uh, musical artist Kid Rock was hoping to win here. 
uh, but he was just joking, it turns out. Currently, John James, a for- an African-American Republican uh, businessman and former United States veteran who is considered a rising star in the party, is looking to be the nominee. He's already received the nomination of President Donald Trump. Uh, some people think that James, James uh, the fact that he's charismatic might help him. However, Debbie Stabenow, the incumbent, is very popular. Uh, and she and Trump only uh, won the state by less than a percentage point. And John James still lacks name recognition uh, for this. And John James has never held political office in his life before. So for this reason, uh, I am r- rating the race as uh, oh, and she's not only beating him in the polls, but she's beating him in the polls by big margins and vastly outspending him. For this reason, this race has been listed as likely Democratic. Do you have any objections? No, I think that's that's a good call. So now the final race is in New Jersey. In New Jersey, Bob Menendez is running for another term, the incumbent Democrat. However, Bob Menendez might be vulnerable because he has bad approval ratings and his current term has been ridden with many, many, many scandals. So let's look at the 2012 NJ Senate results. Bob Menendez uh, won re-election in 2012 by 19 percentage points, a solid margin. However, this current term, his approval ratings have gone down and also, he's been ridden with many scandals. Uh, now, Donald Trump, 20, 2016 NJ, actually, uh, Hillary Clinton defeated Donald Trump in the state by 14 percentage points in 2016. In 2012, hold on. Two thousand twelve NJ Senate election. Or no, NJ President. Uh, Barack Obama won the state in 2012 by 18 percentage points. Clearly, this is a blue state. However, some Republicans hope that uh, the scandals might help uh, Republican uh, Republican candidate Bob Hugan win the seat. Bob Hugan is a Republican who is running. uh, He's the Republican nominee to run against Bob Menendez. Uh, However, Bob Menendez, who is a businessman who previously served in the pharmaceutical industries, uh, has his own problems uh, and has his own scandals uh, as a business owner uh, and has enough skeletons in his closet. For this reason, uh, also for this reason, and the fact that this is a blue state, we are rating this race as likely Democratic. Do you have any objections? No, absolutely Democrats. I don't think Republicans have a chance. 
yeah, plus Republicans. The last time a Republican won a Senate race in New Jersey was in 1972. Yeah, I don't think it's happening. Not for the Republicans. So with all that being said, so let me just, hold on. Let me just rate the the seats that you had. Hold on. So did you say that uh, North Dakota was leaning or tilt Republican? Uh, Dakota was uh, leaning. Leaning Republican. Okay, I'm just going to put it down for the record. So then, um, was Tennessee leaning or tilt? Tennessee, that's uh, Republican. I think that was leaning. leaning. Okay. And you say Arizona is Arizona, safe. Yeah, safe, yep. Nevada is likely Democratic. Yeah. Hold on, let me just. Wait, hold on. Okay, Nevada is likely Democratic. Is Montana leaning or tilted uh, Democratic? Tilted. All right, so that's tilted. Democratic in your mind. All right. Um, how about, let's see. Um, what are the other states here? Um, what were the other states we went over? Uh, oh, West Virginia. Did you say that was leaning? That or? was leaning Republican. West Virginia? Was it West Virginia? That was the one with Joe Manchin. No, 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 not not. It's it's uh, tilted towards the Democrats. So tilted or leaning? Tilted. All right, so it's tilted, and then um, let's see. What are the other states? Oh, Indiana. Indiana. That's where Mike Pence is, right? Yeah. Is, yeah, I think that's uh, Republican. Lean, uh, likely tilt. Safe. Like, likely, it's safe. Safe, but there's a there's a I'd Democratic. Say, yeah, that is true. I I would say likely Republicans. Okay, likely. Let me try and find one for likely. Okay, this one looks like a good likely. All right, so that one's likely in your mind, and then what were the other ones that were? Let's see, Montana, two, two, uh. All right. Uh, okay. I think I got that. So let's check your. By your calculations. Oh, and then would you say that Florida is leaning or likely? 
it's or uh, it's uh towards the Democrats. Um, for that was Bill Nelson. Bill Nelson, uh, leaning to the Democrats or the Republicans. To the Democrats. Oh, to the okay. So leans Democratic. Okay. No, that's likely. No, no. Okay. Hold on. Bear with me for one second. Yeah. Okay. So by your calculations, Republicans would gain. So by your calculations, Republicans would have 53 seats. Uh, Democrats would have 40. So the Democrats, the Republicans, by your calculations, would uh, receive 53, would retain control of the Senate with 53 votes. With 53 seats. Okay. But let's continue on to the um, the governor's races. So let's talk about the governor's races in this next countdown. So governor's races, Democrats are really confident. Now, there are some places where Democrats aren't so confident um, because um, – Hold on, let me get the tilt features on. I think isn't is I think there's more Republican governors right now, right? Yes, there are currently. Throughout nation. Hold on. So currently there um See how many Republicans are there? List of, let me just pull up a list of governors. I know there are a lot of them. One, one, one of them, even though you live in a blue state, one of them is actually a Republican in your state. I don't care for him that much, though. Yeah. I know he's not a big Trumper. Charlie Baker. So right now... There are 33, Demo- uh, 33 Republican governors, 16 Democratic governors, and one independent governor. So now Democrats have a chance to, uh, to change that. Uh, in 2017, they gained one governorship from the state of New Jersey. Uh, Phil Murphy won the seat uh, from retiring governor. Now, uh, Chris Christie was term limited. Phil Murphy won that seat. So uh, that seat went to the Democrats. So now Democrats have 16 seats. Republicans have 33 seats. 
and one independent holds a seat there. So, um, currently, let's look at some of the uh, contested elections. So, uh, now, first of all, let me talk about some of the likely and safe ones. Well, let me. Well, I won't talk about those now, but I'll talk about a couple of them. I should point out that two of the likely Repo- or three of the likely Democratic seats are actually seats that Republicans currently hold. New Mexico is a really, really blue seat, honestly. New Mexico is a state that Hillary Clinton won by uh, by eight percentage points. Uh, Barack Obama won it by 12 percentage points in 2012. Or sorry, he won it by 10 percentage points in 2012. Um, it's an overwhelmingly democratic state and because it is a blue state um i do think that that's going to go to the democrats i'm listing as likely democratic especially since the um the democrat there um is actually leaning leading the republican uh in all almost all the polls um it's just a blue state and because of that i'm I'm listing it as likely democratic but currently, there is a Republican governor, but she can't run for re-election during, due to term limits, and she has bad approval ratings. So because of all that, plus the fact that it's a blue state, I'm listing it as likely blue. Most pundits are only listing it as leaning blue because they think it's going to be a close race. I actually think it's going to be not so close. I think the Democrat is going to win by a big margin, and I think that because of that, I'm listing New Mexico as likely Democratic. I should also point out Illinois I've listed as likely Democratic because, um, again, that is a state. Um, yes, um, there is a Republican running for re-election there, Bruce Rauner, but Bruce Rauner is really, really not doing well. Yes, Bruce Rauner has a lot of money in his war chest. He's a multimillionaire businessman, but um, his Democratic opponent, J.B. Pritzker, is a billionaire, so he he has a lot more money in his war chest than Bruce Rauner does. Bruce Rauner has tried to play along, you know, poor Bruce, Bruce Rauner has tried to play along with the Democrats a little bit. He signed uh, controversial laws that have alienated Republicans. Um, for example, he signed one law that not only required that taxpayer money go to abortions, but it also said that taxpayer money had to fund late term abortions. And this guy's a Republican governor. Um, including some partial birth abortions. Um, so he was controversial for getting taxpayer money to fund partial birth abortions. He also um, was controversial because he uh, officially declared Illinois a sanctuary state last year, but he's hoped that that would help him with Democrats, but that has not, as he has a very, very low approval rating and has often been in the top 10 most unpopular governor's lists. Um, now, there was some hope for him when J.B. Pritzker first got in, or first got nominated, because J.B. Pritzker has some uh, has some uh, skeletons in his closet. There was actually, you see, there was a former governor named um, uh, Rob Rod Bogoyevich, and he went to prison because he tried to sell off Obama's Senate seat. Um, so, uh, that was really, really controversial. Um, 
so, uh, for trying to sell off Obama's Senate seat, uh, which and it was illegal too. So he went to prison for that. But he was uh, J.B. Pritzker was on a call with him, and he said to him, he said, um, he said that the Attorney General, uh, the former Attorney General who Rod Blagojevich ended up uh, appointing to that seat, would be a good choice because he uh, because he was black and he thought he could use him as tokenism. And, uh, and he, what he said was, he said, why don't you get the former attorney general of that state to replace Obama? That would solve, quote, the black issue. And he and many people caught, thought that was a racist quote. Uh, Blagojevich has apologized for that. Or sorry, Pritzker has apologized for that. But many people thought that. Plus, he, there's also been controversy about some of his offshore holdings. Um, some people thought that that would... Um, would hurt him um but apparently that uh that has not as he's actually leading him by big 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 margins in the polls not just by like slight margins by like 20 to 30 percent margins so it's looking like he could win by a big margin um when you look at all this um so for that reason uh politics weekly is listing this race as likely democratic plus the fact that again Illinois is a blue state. It's not a Republican state at all. Um, if we go back to the 2016 election, uh, Hillary Clinton won this state by 16 percentage points in 2016. And if we go to the 2012 election, uh, uh, Barack Obama won the state by 17 percentage points in 2016. So this is a really, really blue state. This is the birth state of Hillary Clinton and the home state of Barack Obama. So right now, this is definitely favoring the Democrats. So for this reason, I put it in the likely Democratic column. Um, the other states I've put, uh, the other state that I put in there is Michigan. Yes, I know Donald Trump won Michigan. And yes, I know there's a retiring Republican incumbent. However, the Republicans are really, really unpopular in Michigan right now because of the Flint water crisis. Um, so because of this, and also Gretchen Whitmer, the likely Democratic nominee, is a really, really good Democratic candidate. So for this reason, I'm listing it as likely Democratic. I think she'll win by at least double digits. So those, that's the reason I've listed that in that column. So... Um, uh, a couple other states I want to talk about. Your home state of Massachusetts. Yes, that is a state that Hillary Clinton... Hold on, let me look at the map. MA 2016 election results. Hillary Clinton won that state by 27 percentage points in 2016. Um, Barack Obama, let me look up MA 2012, 60 minus 37, Obama won it by 23 percentage points in 2012. So, and, and I think uh, statistically, it's the most democratic state in the country, although the District of Columbia is actually 
more democratic than any state in the country. However, because of this, um, you'd think that um, Charlie Baker would be in trouble, but all the polls show him leading by big margin, and he's uh, none of his opponents are well-known, and they're all lacking in fundraising. And to, on top of that, he's the most popular governor in the country. So for this reason, even though Charlie Baker is uh, a Republican in Massachusetts, is one of the most blue states in the country, I'm listing uh, the Massachusetts governor's race as safe Republican. So if anybody wonders why I'm not talking about Massachusetts, the Democrats have no chance there. I'm listing it as safe Republican. Now, in Vermont, I understand that, and, he won, and also it should be noted, Charlie Baker won election to a first term by two percentage points in 2014. Now, I should point out in Vermont that Phil Scott's approval ratings have gone down a decent amount, but I am still listing his uh, election as safe Republican because he is a popular governor. He won in 2016 by a bigger than expected margin of nine percentage points, even though Vermont president, even though this is a blue state where Bernie Sanders lives, um, 2016, or he doesn't live there, but he serves there. Um, um, in 2016, this was the first state called for Hillary Clinton. Uh, 55 minus 30. Hillary Clinton won it by 25 percentage points in 2016. Um, 66 minus 30. Barack Obama won it by 36 points in 2012. However, because of the popularity, even though because Phil Scott, even though his approval rating has gone down, he still has uh, a lot of support amongst independents, and none of the Democrats running are good Democrats. They're all really, really weak uh, people that, that haven't even served office and lack in fundraising. So for this reason, I am listing the, that Senate race as uh, as safe Republican. So people are wondering why, why we don't talk about those races. That Those are the reason why. Um, but anyways, without further ado, let's get into some of the most competitive races. And also, I want to point out that, that the one thing about Republicans, this might not be a good sign for Republicans, but Alabama, Tennessee, and Oklahoma, typically safe red states, are now only in the likely... Republican column. The reason why is because even though Kay Ivey is the third most popular governor in the country, she has a good opponent running against her. And uh, and if they can get the energy that helped Doug Jones win, then she, she'll still win, but she might, the Democrat might come closer than expected to beating her, which is why I've listed the race as just likely Republican. In Tennessee, uh, Carl Black is and uh, Diane, or no, yeah, Carl, uh, Carl Dean and Diane Black are pretty much tied in the polls. However, I still expect at the end of the day that Diane Black will win in Tennessee, which is why I've listed it as likely Republican. And in Oklahoma, a state where Donald Trump won every single county, that's only likely Republican. And part of the reason is because Mary Fallon has a disapproval rating of 74 points. So, what are your thoughts on all this? Well, uh, I think that um, I, I would I, 
I actually don't want my governor to win because he's horrible. I don't like him at all, but I think you're definitely right on, on Massachusetts and pretty much everything you said there. And uh, what's the last one you said about her approval rating being 70? Oklahoma. Oklahoma, yeah. one of the most Republican states in the country. Mary Fallon is hated there. Now, she's not running again, which will probably help Republicans because she's term limited. But some people think that some of her bad approval ratings could rub off on the uh, the Republicans. Who's who's run? Who's running? Do you know? Uh, right now, uh, Mike Cornett, who is the former mayor of Oklahoma City, he's probably going to win the nomination. There's currently a runoff. There was a primary day, but there's a runoff since no Republican gained fifty percent of the vote. And how's um, how's his approval ratings? I he's he was only a mayor. Um, he's leading by an okay margin in most of the polls. Uh, and the Democratic nominee is Drew Edmondson. You know um, Scott Pruitt? Yes, I, I know. The guy who was Attorney General of Oklahoma right before Scott Pruitt was Drew Edmondson, and he's the Democratic nom- nominee. Huh. Yeah, so I, I'll probably agree with you on that one as well. So anyways, so... Let's look at some of the most vulnerable states, and let's go over them. So, in um, what did you did you say anything about Connecticut? We're gonna get to Connecticut. Do you want to go over Connecticut first? No, no, go ahead. I just okay. hate Connecticut because I used to live there. I had to leave because the governor Malloy did not like him. Well, most people don't, and we'll get to that in a second. So, in Nevada. So, whoa, hold on. So, um, in the state of Nevada, so in Nevada, it is a very, very hotly contested race. Uh, it should be noted that Hillary Clinton won the state in 2016 by two percentage points. Um, while Barack Obama won the state in 2012 by seven percentage points. Currently, there's been a more Democratic uprising in Nevada, and more Democrats have been getting elected there. Um, currently, Steve Sisolak, a Las Vegas businessman who is very well known in the area, is the Democratic nominee. Now, it should be noted that the incumbent Republican governor... Um, let me look up what his name is. Brian Sandoval has very good approval ratings. Uh, he was reelected by a ginormous margin of over 70 percentage points, winning every single county in Nevada. And he's currently amongst the top 10 most popular governors in the country. However, he can't run again because of term limits. Um, currently, Adam Laxalt uh, is, ru- is running as the Republican nominee. Uh, he is the Attorney General of Nevada, but has chosen not to run for re-election as Attorney General and is instead running for Governor. Laxalt is hoping that uh, Sandoval's good approval ratings could rub off on him and could help him win this election. He's also hoping that... Uh, he's also hoping... There's also one other thing that Sandoval has on his side. The fact that he is related to Peter Domenci, the former New Mexico United States senator, and is the son or the 
grandson of uh, former uh, Nevada Senator Paul Laxalt, who is a good friend of former President Ronald Reagan. Um, however, uh, uh, Adam Laxalt could face challenge from Steve Sisolak, who is leading him in most of the polls and uh, has a lot of name recognition in the state. Again, Hillary Clinton and Bar- uh, won the state in 2012 and Barack Obama, or in 2016, and Barack Obama defeated Mitt Romney in the, in the state in 2012. However, it was by a small margin. Um, overall, it is very much in toss-up territory as both candidates have name recognition on their side and have poll. Uh, and while Laxalt doesn't have the poll numbers on his side, he does have the approval ratings of the incumbent Republican on his side. Although it should be noted that if Jackie Rosen uh, wins the Senate race here this year, that could also give Democrats a boost. Overall, it's very hotly contested. However, I'm listing the race uh, as tilt Democratic due to the fact that he, uh, Hillary Clinton won the state and there's more of a Democratic uprising in the state of Nevada. What are your thoughts on this highly contested governor's race? Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. It's, it's The trend seems to be going Democrat in that direction, and Hillary won by a, 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 a large margin. So I don't... You won by a narrow margin. Oh, but. narrow margin. So, But still, it start, it's leaning Democrat. So, I mean, it's trending Democrat. So usually trends usually pick up steam. Use it and slow down. So I, I think you're right on that one. So would you say lean or tilt? I would say um, leaning, Democrat. Leaning. All right. I'll put it down for leaning. Hold on. All right. Lean Democratic. So let's go to another state which is hotly contested, that being the state of uh, Arizona. Currently, uh, uh, this state was originally in the likely uh, Republican column. However, it's been moved to just the lean Republican column. The incumbent governor is Doug Ducey. Now, let me look at Doug Ducey's approval ratings. Ducey approval So Doug Ducey's approval rating Doug Ducey's approval ratings are not great. His uh, approval rating is only his approval rating is 31% and his disapproval rating is 39%. Um, also um, he's uh, in the polls for governor he's running against a couple of not, or there are a couple of Democrats running. Um, hold on, let me pull up the race. Some of the Democrats running include Dave, uh, Steve Farley, a state senator. However, currently the front runner is David Garcia a former Arizona state 
uh, university professor. David Garcia is currently the front runner, and uh, many Republicans fear he might win over some Hispanics. Another bad sign for Doug Ducey is the fact that Ken Bennett, uh, the former Secretary of State of Arizona, is actually primarying Doug Ducey for the nomination, although Doug Ducey is expected to win easily in the nomination. Um, Doug Ducey won by a solid eight percentage points in 2014. However, Donald Trump only won the state. Hold on. Donald Trump only won the state by, let's see, by four percentage points in 2016, although, although, although Mitt Romney did win the state by nine percentage points in 2012. Um, many, believe, many pundits believe that Doug Ducey does have the advantage of the incumbency on his side and will be able to raise enough money and has more name recognition than Garcia. However, Garcia uh, is, uh, and it should be noted that uh, the polls are pretty much deadlocked uh, between the two of them. However, uh, uh, Donald Trump is very unpopular in the state, Um, and Doug Ducey his mediocre approval ratings have pushed the race back uh, from only likely Republican to lean Republican. Uh, Because of what I said, uh, Politics Weekly lists this race as a lean Republican. What are your thoughts on this highly contested race? Yeah, I I agree with you on that. I think it's going to be leaning Republican as well. So you, you, you say it's leaning Republican. Yeah. Okay, let me see if I can get back. Hold on. Hold on. Mm-hmm. So you say that that is leaning, leaning in the Republicans' favor. Whereas, uh, okay. Give me one second. I'm gonna, uh, and then you say that that... Okay, that's leaning in the Republicans' favor. Okay. Let me put Arizona leaning Republican. All right. So let me get back to... Hold on. Let me get back to 270 to win. All right, so another hotly contested race is the race in Colorado. Popular incumbent governor, Democratic Governor John Hickenlooper, cannot run for re-election. Currently, currently the seat is going to be uh, open for either the Republicans or the Democrats. Colorado is traditionally considered a purple state, so you'd think that the, not, that the candidates running would run centrist campaigns. However, you'd be wrong. Currently, 
the Republican State Treasurer Walker Stapleton, uh, who is actually a cousin of or a second cousin of former President George W. Bush, is actually uh, running a very, very highly uh, conservative campaign, a very pure conservative campaign, not a centrist campaign, a pure conservative family values Trump supporting campaign. Uh, I don't know if he's Trump supporting, but a very, very highly read conservative family values, traditional Tea Party-esque kind of campaign. Jared Polis, who won the nomination on the Democratic side, is a congressman uh, who is hoping to be the first openly gay governor in the country. Uh, He is... uh, 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 he is uh, running a very highly progressive Democratic campaign, although it should be noted that, that he did have a somewhat libertarian voting record in the House of Representatives. Um, because of the fact that Walker Stapleton and Jared Polis, um both uh, are running, are both kind of on uh, equal playing fields, this leads, this puts this election in very much toss-up territory. Uh, However, uh, Jared Police has a very narrow but consistent lead in the polls. Also, the fact that uh, even though John Hickenlooper is retiring, he still has good approval ratings, and those good approval ratings could rub off on the Democrats. Also, it should be noted that in 2016 presidential election... Colorado. In 2016, let's see. Four, five, six, seven, eight. Hillary Clinton won the state by five percentage points. Whereas uh, in 2012, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, Barack Obama also won the state by five percentage points over Mitt Romney, his Republican challenger. Because of this, Democrats have been doing slightly better in Colorado, even though it is a purple state overall, a state that used to be safe red. Because of this, again, they're both on uh, equal playing fields, but because of all these, because of all uh, of these, uh, Politics Weekly currently lists this race as tilting Republican. What are your thoughts on this highly contentious race? Yeah, I'm going to say the same. I'm going to say that because they're pretty much on equal footing, I think it's going to lean towards the uh, Republicans. You think it's going to lean toward the Republicans or the Democrats? I'm sorry, the Democrats. All right. So I'll, do you think it's leaning or tilt Democrats? I think it's tilting. Okay, we'll put you down as tilting on your prediction. So the next state which should be in the bag for Republicans, but is only leaning is the state of Kansas. Now, Kansas, you'd think, Kansas is considered a pretty red state, and you'd think that Republicans would do pretty well here. Uh, After all, let me pull up the results from 2016. Donald Trump won this state by 21 percentage points in 2016. In 2012, 
2012, Mitt Romney also won the state by 21 percentage points. So why are Republicans struggling here? Well, first of all, it should be noted that uh, in, uh, in 2014, Sam Brownback, the incumbent Republican, whose name had been in Kansas politics for decades and had a lot of name recognition and was an establishment Republican, should have easily won, especially since in 2014, Republicans, especially establishment Republicans, did really well. However, his bad approval ratings hurt him as he, uh, uh, as he eventually won, but only by four percentage points in a state in one of the most Republican states in the country. Uh, his successor is Jeff Coyler, who took office just a few months ago after, uh, after, uh, Brownback resigned to take an ambassador position. Coyler is now the incumbent governor who is hoping to run for a full term. However, he faces fierce primary challenge from Kansas Secretary of State or from the state's Secretary of State Chris Kobach, a more far-right nominee who uh, uh, who came under controversy in 2012 for saying Obama should not make the ballot because of suspicions that Obama might have been born in Kenya rather than the United States. This made him very, very, very controversial. However, some polls show Chris Kobach ahead. However, it's pretty much a deadlock in the polls. Um, On the Democratic side, this is the first election since uh, in almost three decades uh, in, a, in Kansas, in which there's actually been a, con, uh, a competitive Democratic primary. Typically, what will happen in the governor's races is one major candidate on the Democratic side will get in and nobody will challenge them. However, this year, many Democrats are running for the nomination for governor of Kansas, including a 13-year-old kid. You see, in Kansas, they have no, they have no restrictions on who can run for governor, so literally you or I could run for governor right now of Kansas because you don't have to live in Kansas to be, uh, to run for governor. And there are also no age restrictions. So you could run for governor at the age of literally 10 years old. So right now a 13 year old is run or no, uh, a 13 year old is running for, or not a 13 year old, uh, uh, a, uh, a 16 year old is running uh, for governor, his running mate, uh, Alexander Klein, who's also in high school with him, is slightly older than he is and will be able to vote for the ticket if he gets the nomination. However, Bergeson, who is the teen running, would not be able to run. However, he's not expected to get the nomination. Jim Ward, the minority leader of the Kansas House of Representatives, was considered the front runner on the Democratic side. However, he's since withdrawn, saying he wants to continue serving in the Kansas House of Representatives. Um, Right now, it comes down to three major Democratic candidates running for the nomination. First of all, there's Carl Brewer, the former mayor of Wichita, Kansas, who's hoping to be the first African-American governor of the state. There's also Joshua Josh Svady, uh, 
the former Kansas Secretary of Agriculture and a former state representative. However, it should be noted that many Democrats have attacked Savady for being for having a pro-life background. Uh, finally, there's Laura Kelly, a state senator who's now considered the new front runner for the Democrats for this race. Um, uh, currently, uh, some some people speculate as to whether a competitive Democratic field might be good or bad for Democrats. On the one hand, it might be bad for Democrats because uh, they might uh, split the vote uh, or alienate their base if there's too much party infighting. On the other hand, this could show that there's more enthusiasm for the Democrats. Either way, a contentious primary for the Republican um, uh, Republicans and a... Uh, and a, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, a, uh, and a more energized base for Democrats make uh, this race a, a good chance for Democrats to make a pickup in a traditionally blue state. However, however, right now, there's also a major independent candidate running. That major independent candidate is Greg Orman. In 2014, when incumbent Kansas Senator Pat Roberts ran, he came close to losing to Greg Orman. Democrats chose not to run a candidate that year, instead endorsing Greg Orman, who is the independent businessman, as they believed that he would caucus with the Democrats had he gotten in as an independent. Of course, Pat Roberts did beat him thanks to the oncoming tide of the Republican wave. However, Gorman is now running for governor. Although he, many people question some of his positions, the president of the Kansas, the chairman of the Kansas State Democratic Party has said that Orman overall uh, tends to side more with them than he does with the Republicans. And this could hurt Democrats as it could split the vote between the Democrat and the independent. Um. Because of this, we believe the Republican is favored, but only slightly. What are your thoughts on this race? Yeah, I was just going to say that generally when you have an independent in there, it's going to favor one party or another. But in this case, it's going to favor the Republicans over the Democrats. So I think it is leaning towards a Republican. So you have this state listed as a lean Republican. Yeah. All right. I'll put that down as a lean Republican. So, let's go to another state, another very highly contentious state, this state being the state of Iowa. Donald Trump won the state of Iowa in 2016. Hold on. Iowa. Donald Trump won the state in 2016 by 10 percentage points, a ginormous margin in a traditionally purple state. It should also, uh, however, it should also be noted, let's see, 7, 8, 9, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. However, it should also be noted that uh, Barack Obama won the state in 2012 by half of that margin. 
Because of this, Iowa is considered a key swing state in presidential races. Um, or because of this, uh, this could help the Republicans. However, I should note that um, that currently there has been a Republican uprising in that state, which could help the Republicans. However, uh, right now, Kim Reynolds, the incumbent Republican, is in a uh, is in a tough match for a full term. Kim Reynolds uh, became uh, governor after Terry Branstead, uh, the longest serving governor in American history, who had been in office for six four year terms, resigned to become Donald Trump's ambassador to the, to the country of China, which is a big ambassador position. Kim Reynolds took office and is now running for a full term this year. Um, right now, uh, Kim Reynolds is considered uh, favored as she does have the advantage of the incumbency on her side and as she uh, uh, and as uh, Iowa has been leaning more dem- uh, more Republican in the last couple of years, mainly due to the fact that there are many rural areas in the state of Iowa and many rural areas tend to go tend to favor the Republican Party. However, uh, she currently has challenge from Democrat. Let me look up his name. Democrat Fred Hubel, who is currently running against her. Kim Reynolds has been criticized by Democrats for being too far right, as she has signed as she's had many conservative policies. Uh, or many very far conservative policies, and actually signed a couple months ago what was at that point the strictest abortion ban in the country, which said that abortion had to be banned in the state of Iowa as soon as a child as a ba- as a as a baby slash fetus's heartbeat was detected. This was very controversial across the globe, although it was later surpassed by. Uh, uh, by Mississippi when they signed a bill which uh, made that the strictest abortion ban in the country, uh, saying that a woman could not get an abortion after 15 weeks of a pregnancy. And then later on, that was surpassed uh, in the state of Louisiana, which is actually kind of funny because Louisiana, the guy who signed the toughest abortion ban in the country currently, is, was actually a Democratic governor. John Bell Edwards in Louisiana. Um, um, but now Fred Hubel is hoping to win, and the polls are pretty much deadlocked. Um, and this is a purple state. However, Kim Reynolds is considered favored here. So for that reason, I'm going to give, uh, I'm going to say that this uh, Politics Weekly lists this, uh, this state as leaning Republican. What are your thoughts on this? contentious Senate race, or contentious governor's race. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on that. It's leaning towards a Republican for that one as well. So you believe that that's a leading Republican state? Yeah, I think that's a leading Republican state, yep. All right. Iowa. Da, da, da. We're done. Wait, hold on. Give me one second. 
Okay, then. So let's move on to another. Give me one second. Another contentious Senate race. There are a lot of contentious governor's races this year. Let's go over to Minnesota. Minnesota, this um, could be a great chance for Republicans to uh, make a gain in the Minnesota governor's race. Like I said, although Minnesota is considered, um, for years, Minnesota was considered a traditionally blue state, but it is becoming more and more purple-ish. Let me pull up the presidential results. Since, uh, you remember the 1984 landslide that Reagan won? The one state he lost was Minnesota. However, currently Minnesota may be going in a more uh, purplish direction. Hillary Clinton did win the state in 2016, but by only two percentage points. In 2012, Barack Obama won it by eight percentage points, so that is a more comfortable margin. Um, but right now, Mark Dayton, the incumbent governor of Minnesota, is retiring. Um, right now, uh, there is uh, a contentious field of Democrats and Republicans running to replace him. Let me look up the, hold on, 2018 governor Minnesota. <clears throat> So right now, um, the two front runners on the Democratic side are Lori Swanson. Lori Swanson is currently the Attorney General of Minnesota, who served in that position for the past uh, 12 years, although she said she's retiring uh, this year to run for governor. And she's instead going, um, currently, a Democrat that's running to replace her is Congressman and Vice DNC Chair uh, Keith Ellison, the far left guy. Um, but currently she's running for governor and her running mate is actually Congressman Rick Nolan. Uh, however, the front runner on the Democratic side is Tim Walls, a congressman and mo- a moderate congressman. Um, on the Republican side, Republicans are hoping that... Um, that candidate Jeff John, uh, Jeff Johnson, who was actually the nominee for the Republicans, who was actually the Republican nominee for governor in 2014, four years ago, they're hoping that he can pull off a, another victory as he's considered the grassroots candidate. He is uh, the Hemp, uh, Hennepin County Commissioner and a former state representative. However, currently it's looking like Tim Pawlenty uh, is in the lead. The reason why is because, A, Tim Pawlenty uh, is raising uh, a bunch of, a lot of money, and he was the former governor of that state. He already served as governor, and now he wants to be governor again. Um, so now he's running for governor. He was also a candidate for president in 2012. And he's um, he's hoping to get back in, and it's looking like he's going to be the nominee for the Republicans. So this, um, so right now, this could be a very contentious race. However, Paul Wendy, who's the likely Republican nominee, has a lot of skeletons in his closet. For this reason, 
I am listing the and also a lot of people didn't like his record as governor, so that might hurt him as well when he was governor. So for this reason, I'm uh, Politics Weekly lists this race as tilt Democratic. What do you think about this? Yeah, I'm going to say tilt Democrats as well, because people, if you were a bad governor, usually governors, people don't forget if you were a bad governor, they'll remember that. And so I think because of that, that's going to hurt him. So it's definitely tilting Democrat. Okay, tilt Democrat. Hold on. And then, give me one second. All right. So let's move on to another contentious, contentious governor's race in the state of uh, Wisconsin. So currently, Scott Brown is running for a third term. Scott Brown, the incumbent governor and 2016 presidential candidate, uh, is running for a third term as governor. Now, Scott Walker has had a lot of luck in the past. In 2010, uh, many Democrats tried to beat him, but they failed. In 2012, they tried to beat him, but again, or in 2012, they tried to have a recall to try and defeat him. However, in a shocking upset, he became the first governor in American history to survive a recall election. In 2014, he was considered vulnerable, but won again. However, his approval ratings have since been dropping. Um, and many Republicans hope that might hurt, think that might hurt him. Um, right now, he's, uh, he's running again. Uh, and there's a, the Democrats hoping to beat him are in a crowded field. Um, but currently, the clear frontrunner is Tony Evers the popular Wisconsin state superintendent of public instruction. Uh, Tony Evers is currently beating, um, is currently beating Scott Walker by big margins uh, in, uh, in hypothetical polling. However, Republicans are still hoping that Scott Walker might be able to raise enough money to beat him and they also think that he might have the incumbency on his side. Plus, um, the fact that Scott Walker uh, has more has national name recognition might help him. However, Tony Evers is beating him by big margins in the polls. And Tony Evers is a popular superintendent, whereas Scott Walker is not so popular as governor. For this reason, it is very much in toss-up territory, but Politics Weekly is... L- listing this race as tilt democratic what are your thoughts on this contentious race yeah, this is a tough one uh i want i i know his approval ratings are going down but i'm still gonna say tilting republican on this one tilt republican yeah all right so let's go on to another contentious contentious race Ohio, big, big purple state. 
Now, Donald Trump won this state in 2016 by eight percentage points. Although it should be noted that in 2012, Barack Obama won this state by three percentage points. However, there is a popular governor there, John Kasich, who is unable to run for a third term due to term limits. John Kasich actually won re-election by a landslide in 2014. For a while, this race was actually leaning Republican due to the amount Trump won by in 2016 and the fact that that, uh, John Kasich has good approval ratings there. Currently, there are two... uh, Currently... Uh, the nominees for uh, for the Senate race are uh, are first of all um, what's his name Mike DeWine. Mike DeWine is the Republican nominee for governor. Mike DeWine is currently the Attorney General of Ohio, but he previously served as a United States Senator. His uh, running his opponent is Democrat Richard Cordray. The the director of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Cordray was also a former attorney general, and this race is actually going to be a rematch between him and DeWine. Him and, he and DeWine actually ran against each other in 2010 for the attorney general's race, and Cordray actually narrowly lost to DeWine. And this is going to be a rematch between them for governor. Um, Currently, it's very much in toss-up territory. However, Richard Cordray has a bigger lead in the polls, is gaining uh, a lot of support amongst independents. He has this narrow lead, but a consistent lead in the polls, is uh, gaining a lot of traction amongst independents, and is using Donald Trump's low approval ratings in Ohio to make gains currently because he is also gaining more momentum it's said to be a very contentious race but politics weekly currently lists this race as tilt democratic what are your thoughts on this contentious race yeah i'm I'm gonna have to agree with you on that i think it's tilting democrats as well all right let me just pull that up so why don't we go to a hold on Let's go to another gubernatorial election that's really, really highly contested. Well, first of all, let's go to some blue states. So first of all, you mentioned you used to live in Connecticut and how you hated Dan Malloy. Well, good news for you. Even though they don't have term limits in Connecticut, Dan Malloy is not running for a third term. He has announced due to his low approval ratings that he won't run again. Now, Republicans have done really, really well in New England states or in blue states. Uh, as they are currently Republican governors in the blue states of Illinois, Maryland, Vermont, Massachusetts, and New, uh, and New Hampshire. Republicans are hoping that, that that good luck could help them in Connecticut. Now, Connecticut is a very, very blue state as – hold on, let me pull it up. Hillary Clinton won the state in 2016 by 14 percentage points. In 2012, Barack Obama won the state by 18 percentage points. However, this state could be 
uh, vulnerable for Democrats, as Dan Malloy is currently the second most unpopular governor in the entire country. Currently, it's looking to be an open field. There is currently a very, very wide field of Democrats and Republicans hoping to replace Malloy in the election. Right now, on the Democratic side, however, uh, uh, Joe Gainham, uh, an ex-con who was the former mayor of Bridgeport, uh, who is the mayor of Bridgeport, is hoping to run. However, currently, uh, a businessman named Ned Lamont is actually uh, the front runner. Ned Lamont was the nominee for Senate for the Democrats in 2006. However, he lost to he actually defeated Joe Lieberman in the primaries. However, however, Joe, uh, Joe Lieberman is the senator, was the senator there who uh, caucused with the Democrats and was a Democrat, but then he became an independent who caucused with Democrats. Uh, Lieberman is considered, uh, or Ned Lamont uh, is now running for governor and is favored amongst the Democrats. On the Republican side, there is a very, very, um, on the Democratic side right now, uh, the presumptive nominee is Mark Boughton, the mayor of Danbury. Uh, current, uh, Republicans think they might have a chance here, but currently the Democrats are favored in spite of Dan Malloy's low approval rating. This is a very Democratic state, don't forget. And let's also not forget that there's a lot of anti-Trump sentiment this year. With all the anti-Trump sentiment, it's going to be hard for Republicans to make a pickup in the state. For this reason, this state is leaning Democratic. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I definitely agree. It's leading Democrat. It's, you think it's leaning? I think it is. I don't think the Republicans are going to win. I mean, I like John Rowland when he was governor when I lived there, but I don't think a Republican is going to get in. All right. So your prediction is that it's leaning Democratic. Yep. Let's go over to the. Uh, let's go over to the Rhode Island governor's race. So in Rhode Island, this was originally likely Democratic. However, it's been become more and more contentious. So right now, the incumbent governor Gina Romando has mediocre approval ratings, but is hoping to run for a second term. She currently has primary challenge from Matt Brown, the former Secretary of State of of Rhode Island, who's actually been endorsed by former governor and former U.S. Senator Lincoln Chafee. Right now, uh, Republicans running include Alan Fung, the mayor of Cranston, Rhode Island, and the nominee for governor in 2014 for the Republicans, and Patricia Morgan, the minority leader of the Rhode Island House of Representatives. It should be noted that in 2014, uh, Gina Romando defeated Alan Fung by just four percentage points, um, which has led Republicans to think they might have a chance there. Also, challenge from a more progressive uh, person might hurt Romando. And Romando is pretty much in a de- uh, deadlocked in the polls. 
However, with a lot of anti-Trump sentiment, it's looking like the Democrats are definitely favored here. Plus, Romano has the advantage of the incumbency on her side. Politics Weekly lists this race as le- leaning Democratic. What are your thoughts? I think it's leaning Democratic, but I also think that too much of the anti-Trump um, will come to backfire sooner or later because people are going to wake up and see that it's, it's just, they're just blowing things out of proportion. And I think eventually people are going to get sick of it. But that's what I think is going to happen. But I'm still saying uh, Democrats on this one. All right. So let's get to another race in the state of Maine. So in Maine, Maine has become more and more purple. Donald Trump came close to winning the state in 2016 and actually won, 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 actually won an electoral vote out of the state in 2016. However, there is an unpopular Republican governor who is term limited in that state named Paul Lee Page, who's had many gaffes which have led people to label him a racist. Currently, uh, in Maine, uh, Democrats are trying to campaign on the unpopularity of Paul Page, and it seems to be effective so far. Right now, the two nominees running include Sean Moody. Sean Moody is the Republican nominee, and he is a businessman and a political newcomer. He's running against Janet Mills, the attorney general of the state of Maine. Right now, the polls uh, favor Mills, and uh, it's looking like uh, Maine, uh, Maine is still considered a leaning blue state, which is probably going to help uh, Sean Moody in the general election. Because of all this, people are – because of all this – and the anti-Paula Page sentiment, uh, Politics Weekly lists this race as leaning Democratic. What are your thoughts on this race? Yeah, I agree with you because of of um, people, you know, labeling him as a racist. I think I don't think he's going to stand a chance. So you say that it's leaning Democratic? Yes. Give me one second. All right, so why don't we move on next to the state of Maryland. So Maryland currently has a popular Republican governor named Larry Hogan, who currently has the second highest approval rating of any Republican in the entire country and has tried to brand himself as a more moderate choice. Larry Hogan survived cancer twice during his first term as governor and currently has the second highest approval rating behind uh, uh, Charlie Baker in Massachusetts of all the Republicans in the country, of all the current governors in the country. This leads many Republicans to think that he has a good chance of winning re-election here. However, history is not on his side, as as there's only been one Republican governor in history who's been re-elected in Maryland. And that Republican was elected was reelected sixty years ago in the nineteen fifties, so that is not on his side. Many people expected that uh, Rushern Baker, the establishment favorite, and the Prince County executive would be the nominee to go against him. However, in a surprise referendum, 
Ben Jealous, the progressive choice, actually won the nomination. Ben Jealous is the former president of the NAACP who's hoping to unseat Larry Hogan. Larry Hogan is trying to brand himself to moderates by labeling uh, Ben Jealous as a far-left person, as a far-left candidate. Larry Hogan is not losing in any of the polls, which has led us to rate this this race as leaning Republican. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. It's it's leaning Republican on this one. All right. Let me put that in for you. Whoa. So why don't we go down to Georgia, shall we? So... Georgia is considered a hotly contested race this year. Governor's race? Yes, the governor's race. So uh, Stacey Abrams is going to be the Democratic nominee for governor in Georgia. She is the minority, the former minority leader of the Georgia State House of Representatives. If elected, she will be the first African-American woman elected governor in U.S. history. She's more of an establishment Democrat, although she does have many progressive ideas. And many people are hoping that the demographics might favor her. Uh, In the Republican race, Casey Cagle was considered favored. However, Brian Kemp defeated him in the primary, in the primary runoff. Brian Kemp, the Secretary of State of Georgia, is considered far, more far to the right. Donald Trump won the state in 2016 but by only six percentage points. Both candidates are coming at this race, or Stacey Abrams, the Democrat, is coming at it from a far-left view, whereas uh, Kemp is coming at it from a far-right view, point of view. This is very much a toss-up state, but, I, but Politics Weekly lists it as... Tills Republican. What are your thoughts on this race? Yeah, I'm tilting the Republican too. I don't think Georgia is that far left that they're going to go with someone that's far left. So I'm going to tilt uh, Republicans. All right. And finally, let's, oh no, not finally. There are, I think, two more Senate, uh, governor's races. Okay. So next is the state of Florida. So in Florida, there is a hotly contested governor's race. So Florida is, uh, there's a, it's a very key swing state. Donald Trump won it by only two percentage points. And if this governor, if a Democrat wins here, this Democrat will be the first Democrat elected since the 1990s. So currently there is a Democrat running, or there there's a crowded field of Democrats and Republicans running. On the Republican side, the top two running are um, Adam Put- Putnam, who is the Florida Commissioner of Agriculture and a former congressman. And on the Democratic side, oh, also the front runner is Ron DeSantis, a congressman who's been endorsed by Donald Trump. On the Democratic side, the front 